welcome to Pods and Pies. We have some pizza. Sponsored, fake sponsor again fake by the, sponsor the pie. By the pie. Yeah, we would. We hope that one day they'll they'll see these podcasts and maybe give us a free pizza. They should. They one should. Of, one they of these should. days. But what did we We're what waiting. did we order today? We got a little uh, uh, buffalo chicken ranch. Ooh. If that's yeah. that'll do the body good. Yeah. 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 It might come out not so good, <laughs> but it'll go in fantastic. Hey. Yeah. I'll take whatever you got to do. I'll take one of these little pull aparts too. Let's do this. Get in there. Yeah, we got two Man. two pies today. Well, I guess a kind of a pizza or a cheese pull yeah, apart. I don't know if you can, can you do a podcast and eat this something this we can. Well, that's, we can. That's we can. That's the difficult okay. thing to guess is they usually yeah. It's you, always hard for them to the eat talking. and talk because they talk most of the time. Right. We encourage them to take bites, you know, and yeah. talk with their mouth full. Little nibbles. And uh, the other it, thing it is, is too difficult. Is well, and if I have to wait and eat it when this is over, I mean, yeah. you do what you do. Yeah, do what you do. See, and I don't care. I'll just talk with my mouthful. <laughs> All right. You just sure. got to have that attitude of like, ah, screw it. Well, nothing wrong with that. So we, we were talking. This is We've been doing this for maybe 20 or so weeks. We've wanted Brandon Fish on for 20 or so weeks. <laughs> we finally made it happy, happen. Yeah. I was like... It was one of our, it was like top of the list. It, yeah. And I'm not saying that because you're here, we're friends, we've known each other a long time. But it was, it was like, okay, now, who are the top dudes that we want in fairly quickly? Okay, Brandon yeah. Fish, so and so. And this is, I really, I didn't sleep good last night because I was excited. <laughs> I was like a little kid on Christmas again. Like, just like, all right, we got, well, we I got B Fish coming in. Get your hopes up too much here, but. Oh, you're but here. I'm, but I'm, I'm a lot of pressure to say some really cool things. That's why I'm, I'm and I have no clue where this is going to yeah, go. Well, that's so good. That's we'll, just, we'll see. Well, let's kick it off. Tell me about, um, I've heard something of like a deer incident. Oh, wow. <laughs> You've done some research. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, gosh. Yeah, we're actually coming up on... Uh, seven years since that incident, I think. Seven <laughs> deer incident. Incident. Yeah. So, so I grew up in Arizona where there's deer, but they were way far away from. So where I grew up, so I had never had a deer encounter. But then I've lived in Utah now for equally, I mean, gosh, twenty-five plus years, never once had even come close to hitting a deer. So. So yeah, I used to work at Entrada, um, love that place. And one of the first things that we, we did was implement this thing called the Jones Family Reunion, which became kind of our annual like really fun party to, to take employees off site for a day and enjoy some time. Whether it Why was Jones? So one of our values there, I should say our, one of the values at Entrada is be the Joneses. So. It, 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 okay, in so the neighborhood, the adult term, keeping up with the Joneses? Keeping up or? with the Joneses. And we didn't want to keep up with the Joneses. You, you want to be the Joneses. You want to be innovative. You want to be the best, right, with your product, with your employees, everything. So after planning this, somebody just came up with the idea of why not, let's not call it a retreat. This is like the Jones family reunion. So, of course, being in human resources and being in charge of planning this we decided to find a, a venue up in the mountains because at Entrada they rotated. You'd either do a winter Jones family reunion or a summer family reunion. The first few years we found a cabin up in 
Timber Lakes up east of Heber. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's like 26,000 square feet. It's called the Timber Moose Lodge, and it's the biggest privately owned cabin, I think, in the U.S. So anyway, we found this awesome cabin, and to plan an event for hundreds of people, and you do about 100 people a day, so we would rent it for the whole week, we had to take up... Like any sleepover, just people coming up for the day, just 100, for the, Just for out. the day. Yep. Next. Okay. My team mostly stood, we stayed up there because we had to clean it, restock everything and get it ready for the next day. And this place has like, you know, 15 bedrooms and an indoor Olympic pool. It's huge. So we're, we decided, hey, if we're going to stock this place, we got to take up food for 600 people at the time. Or back then we were maybe four or 500 for the whole week. So we rented Suburbans, decided let's go up Sunday night because we got to stock this place. So I was leading out the caravan of uh, Entrada employees, and no joke, I, I laid down the seats of the Suburban. We had like five Suburbans. It looked like we were the motorcade for, you know, the president. But yeah. And I, I was leading up, going around Deer Creek, and my wildest nightmare came true, and all of a sudden there's a deer standing right in the middle of the road. And it's dark. I'm going, you know, 65 miles an hour. I've probably got 3,000 pounds of Mountain Dew in my, <laughs> in my Suburban with the seats down. So I had two options. Swerve, really, and go into the lake, because it was just right there before you get to Charleston coming around yeah. Deer Creek. Yeah. Or just smash this thing. And I had, that was my only, my instinct was just hit the brakes and kind of turn your head because this deer doesn't have a chance. And so sure enough, that's what I did. And I just go on. I mean, you can imagine the weight. I was low riding in a, in a Suburban and I hit this deer and it just launched it because I was, I was much bigger than that thing. Anyway, panicked. I started shaking. I'd never hit something like that. Pulled over. The rest of my team pulls over not knowing what happened because they were behind me. I get out, the radiator had broken, steaming everywhere, and I'm thinking, gosh, are we going to be able to get up there? Anyway, long story short is we made it to the cabin. It was so cold that night that I didn't worry about the radiator, so we continued to the cabin. We get up there, and the next day when employees started coming, they, they told our CEO, hey, did you hear about what happened last night? And... He's like, no, I, I didn't hear what happened. They said, well, fish ran into a deer, and it's laying on the side of the road. So he, he tells our creative director, we got to go get that thing and mount it and <laughs> give it to him as like a trophy, you know? Well, I didn't know any of this was going on <laughs> behind the scenes. And fast forward, we had the event. It went great. Everything was awesome. About two months later, we had our first uh, company meeting. And at the end of the meeting, the, the I, I forget who it was, came up and said, well, we, have, we had a little incident a couple months ago. We'd like Brandon to come up here. And we're, we're at the time in our old building, so we didn't have a big enough space to meet. Did you have any idea, like when they said we had an incident, we need be fish come up, or are you like? No like, clue. No you had no idea. At the time. But then once I started walking up and they said, remember back during the Jones family reunion? And then immediately I knew something's up. <laughs> well... The, uh, they get me up on stage, and we were at the movie theater at the Megaplex because we didn't have a space big enough at the time 
to have our company meetings. So I'm walking down, and as I get to the front, the uh, one of my assistants, she brings out this deer mounted. You're talking like mounted. Mounted to like a, just a, a wooden like sheet, like just this wooden plank with this wire behind it because the intent was, of course, he's got to put it in his office, right? So anyway, they presented me with a deer, and at the bottom of it, the plaque just said, oh, deer. And I was like, what, what does that mean? And they said, well, we know because you're not, you don't really swear. that We, <laughs> we feel like that was probably the last probably thing you said, what you said right before you hit it. So... Yeah, that's Dude, that's amazing. That's the story about about the deer and <clears throat> oh dear. Yeah, so that actually the deer I think is still hanging up. It's hallowed. Uh, Did you leave it at? You left it at not I left it. It's part as of a, as a parting gift. You said I'll leave this. I'll leave this. Was and it you know what? That's in your office. Well, originally it was, but the funny thing was when we moved into our new building, it used to be in my office when we were over by the the old the <laughs> west side of Thanksgiving Point, but when we moved to the new office. My office, and you guys know this, when you walked in the front doors, if you looked all the way down to the left, you could see through the HR department right into my office because it's all glass. Well, I had that hanging on the wall, and the CEO was like, that's probably not the best thing as we give tours for people to just see a dead deer. So he asked me to move it, and I did, of course. So we moved it actually to an internal wall inside human resources that you couldn't see unless you came in, you know, in the, the department, but... Yeah, it's it's part of the Entrada culture now, so it had to stay. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it could be one of those gifts where it's like it's really thoughtful and really funny story, but you're just trying to find like a reason to leave it behind. Like, okay, <laughs> I don't know if I really want this hanging in my office. Like, it was I, nasty. Yeah, no, it was not the kind of deer you'd you, be proud you move of. Offices like, oh, whoops, somehow it was left behind. Somehow, yeah, it was lost in the move. Yeah, yeah no, gross. I mean, it had hair missing and. <laughs> <laughs> little nubs for like antler. I mean, it was just not a, something to be proud of. And I'm not a hunter, but I would not be proud of hanging that You wouldn't that be thing. proud of hanging that one. No, no. That was awesome. Anyway, yeah, that was good. You dug that up. That's a good story. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I've never hit do you think? Do you think that's what you said? Like, if you can you remember? Do you think you, you said like shit or something? Or were you like? I think in no. my mind, I probably thought that. But I didn't say it. It was I, just too quick. It was, it was too like, quick. I don't. I actually don't think I said anything. Lake probably deer. was like I'm hitting the deer. Ugh. Yeah. I think something like that is probably what happened. But <laughs> just because I was in the car, but we all were driving our own. Yeah. I mean, we had other. The other servants were filled with food and Costco. We'd just come from Costco. Yeah. So well, you I, made the right choice. Just plow it. Plow yeah. it. Well, that's what the. Sure. That's what later. Later, when I was talking, in fact, I had to fill out a report and all this because of the rental car, and they said. That's the best, you know, vehicles are intended to be hit from in the front. So you you were better off otherwise ending up at the bottom of Deer Creek Lake, which I, I probably wouldn't be here sharing this pie with you guys nice if pie. I'd done that. Yeah. So Thank heavens for the, the right choice. Well, you are here. That's a great story, though. That's awesome. It's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. That's all. The, I, the person that I asked just said, deer incident. Deer? All right. Oh. Done. I can think of a few different people who you would have asked, but I think I might know, but that, I guess that's irrelevant. <laughs> oh, awesome. So when did you come to Utah from Arizona? Oh. So um, I graduated in the early 90s from high school and then went on a, a church mission. Got back in 94 and went right to, came right up here to Utah. Okay. So to BYU. Yeah, I actually started at UVU. Did you? Okay. 
And I took the, I tested out of the uh, whole Spanish, served a Spanish mission. So I got home, went to UVU for a year, tested out, got all these credits, got enough for an associates basically, and then transferred oh, over. Because awesome. I wanted to go to the business school at, at BYU. So yeah. that's ultimately what happened, yeah. So was your, did you know you were going to go to BYU? Yeah, yeah. Like I, any I'm, specific reason you didn't stay in? Uh, well, for there? one, I'm a huge Cougar fan. Big so, Cougar and I'm like a third generation graduate. You know, my my grandparents both worked for BYU. My parents yeah. both went there. So it was like, it's a no it's brainer like for me. Kind of tradition. Like here, yeah. But I also, I just, I thought the Marriott School was a great option for what I ultimately wanted to do. So, so you you came back. You were starting to go to school in '94. 94, so yeah, it, was, it actually had just changed from UVCC to UVSC. Yes, yeah. Way before UVU. So Utah Valley State College is what it was at the time. I think it switched <clears throat> in the early 90s, late 80s. Yeah, it was. I think it was like late 90s. Late, oh, okay. Oh, no, from, U, from UVCC. UVCC yeah. yeah, no, that's right. It just did. before I It was like I late 80s-ish. Yeah. So, but no, yeah, it was great. I actually loved UVU. A lot of my professors, great experience there, and then decided to transfer over when I applied to get into the Marriott School. So, yeah. What did you get your degree in? So business, uh, I started my emphasis in finance, but then realized, you know what? I'm not a finance guy. So I switched to marketing, and ultimately my emphasis was in marketing, but uh, definitely not human resources. Had I known I'd end up in human resources, I would have done like organizational behavior. Or, yeah or HR, but that's a different story that my path of where I ended up. But yeah, yeah. nobody knows they're going into HR. No, well, a few people do. I think even, even the people that have, there's yeah. a few people that have actually even gotten degrees like in HR, but they still weren't planning on going in HR. Probably. They were just like, yeah, it's a quick degree. It's easy. Yeah. I'm good with people. I'll go there. Yeah. And they still were like, I had no idea I was going to even end up there. Yeah. What am I going to do? Yeah. I certainly didn't. I don't I don't even know if I knew what HR was at that time. But yeah. So when did you finish up at BYU? Uh 99. So 99. 99, yeah. So I was on the 5-year plan. Um I I had to work all through college. I mean, I no free pass, so I had to work 30 hours a week. It took me 5 years. I mean, I Yeah. It was a it was a grind, man, you know, paying paying my way through college and and I knew what I I knew I wanted the degree, so I Kept the kept the pedal down and uh, finished in April of '99. Yeah, okay. so April '99, about four and a half years. Did yeah. you meet your wife during? I did. So actually, uh, the summer after I got back home from my mission, I worked for. I went and did summer sales with a fr- friend of mine, Todd Peterson. <laughs> he hired me back when they were Apex before yep. Vivint and all of that, and it was pest control, not home security or alarms or any of that. So I hired my own team and went and sold in San Jose. And I had never, I mean, I'd sold, like I worked a couple jobs where I felt like I could sell, sell stuff, you know, but I had never really sold, especially door to door, let alone managed. So I, he trusted me to, man, to hire my own team, hired 10 people. And we took ship in uh, on May of 95, uh, went to San Jose and just, it's a grind. Door to door is brutal. So I would sell sometimes. Well, was, in, was the mission worse or was this the door to door sales worse? Going door to door. Where were you on your mission? Honduras and Guatemala. Yeah. Okay. So the like living was way worse. 
I don't know. San Jose. <laughs> San Jose is kind of interesting. Um, no, like living conditions for sure. The mission was tougher, but the grind of day to day, just getting, I think I got rejected more selling pest control than preaching Christianity in, uh, in Central America. It was brutal. I mean, I would sell in the afternoon, in the mornings and sometimes the afternoons. And then because I was a manager, I didn't make money on my own sales, but I could gift them to my team. So I would, the sales that I would make, I would use those as spiffs to the highest seller that day, I'd say, hey, if you, whoever gets the most sales today, I'll give you my two sales. I was paid off the team, not my individual. So I would, it was just a grind. So I did that for four months. Um, actually, you know, at the end of it, it wasn't bad because one of the salespeople, she was best friends with my wife in high school. So okay. I'm, so the reason I'm telling you this story is because when we got back, she said, hey, I have this, you know, you guys know I'm tall. She said, I have this really tall, beautiful friend who's 6'1", and I think you guys should go out. So I was like, yeah, sure. Your wife's 6'1"? She's 6'1". Dude, that's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. So so anyway, I, I was like, yeah, let's do this. So she set us up, and the day of our date, the girl that set us up got sick. So she said, I'm sorry, I got to bail. If you want, we can reschedule. I was like... No, because it was gonna be a double date. Okay. <clears throat> I was like, no, I'm good. I'll just, I'll just go pick her up. Never seen her. I'd seen a picture, like a wallet picture. So yeah, I showed up at her house. She grew up in Provo, just above Timview, and she, well, actually, her mom opened the door, and I saw her picture on the wall, and I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, I think that's her. So. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. So yeah, we went out. Uh, it was weird. Single date, blind date is a little interesting, but I'm a talkative person, so we had plenty to talk about. Yeah, but yeah we, we dated for almost a year, and uh, that was in fe- February or January of 95, or no, 96. We, we sold the summer of 95. She set us up when we got back. We finally went out, I think, in January of 96, and then got married in December, so... Okay. Yeah, That's good story. That's a good story, man. Yeah. Did you sell? Did you sell every summer? No. All you were building? One, one and one done. done. One and done. But I, you know what? I made good enough money to to that that whole next year. I didn't have to work, which was actually good because I really could. That was the year I was applying to get into the Marriott School. Yeah. So I was even though I was dating my wife, so I had that distraction of wanting to spend time with her all the time. But not having to work, I could really focus on my grades, and that I think helped. Uh, not having to work, so I could yeah. get good enough grades to apply to get into the Marriott School, and then, but then after that, I it was rough. I, it just wasn't for me to. I mean, I'm I enjoy people, but going door to door. It was. I thought, you know what, I'm going to stay, work through the summers, and just kind of. Plus, I didn't want to head out with being married that next yeah. year, and that 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 whole thing would have been kind of rough. Been tough, so. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's the story of meeting my wife at BYU through a mutual friend that I sold pest control with. But was she going to school with you too, though? She was, yeah. She was going to BYU okay, okay. as well. So her dad was actually a professor at BYU. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was going there, and yeah, the rest is history. But did she play sports? Being six one, she actually was a swimmer. Okay, and seeing her in the water is like amazing. She just glides. Like even to this day, if we go swimming, I, I don't know how. You, I guess it's just muscle memory. But she just, 
because I run, I bike, I do lots of stuff, but I get in the water and it's like, I, I either sink or I'm just like floundering, but she just glides through the water. So yeah, she, she swam. I think she was a state swimmer at Tempe. What's her maiden name? McKee. McKee. I'm gonna, my sister went, I think she was on the diving team. Oh. Probably around that same time. So yeah. I wonder if they. Yeah, McKee. Yeah, so anyway, but yeah, no, she uh, she was a great swimmer, but um, didn't, you'd think 6'1", she would have played volleyball or basketball, but she didn't. She was gliding through the water. Gliding through. Yeah. Yeah. And what was after BYU? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so I got my first uh, job. So I graduated in business. And at the time, so marketing degrees now are much different than now with internet and, you know, branding and marketing. I mean, when I graduated, most of the marketing graduates were going into sales. That's what all my buddies had done. So I thought, well, I'll start interviewing for sales jobs. Not door-to-door sales jobs, but yeah, traditional. So I thought, hey, I'll. I started interviewing with like Pfizer, Eli Lilly. I thought maybe pharma, pharmaceutical would be the way. Um, but little did I know that uh, Black and Decker had recently acquired Dewalt, and they owned Dewalt, and they were interviewing like crazy out of BYU because they loved hiring these people that had sales experience and or. Like missions, but mission LDS yeah. background selling aren't they, aren't they selling Christianity by... for two years, selling Christianity and not power tools. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the CEO at the time, uh, Nolan Archibald, who yeah. actually his sons now are in my, my neighbors, but he was the CEO, so they recruited heavily out of BYU. Okay, so I thought, what the heck? I'll go interview, and <clears throat> I was super impressed. I was like, this is this is a great company. I get a chance to to get a territory and kind of learn. Plus I, I love, I love gadgets. So I was like, these tools are sweet. Even though I don't really how to build stuff. Yeah. I love gadgets. <laughs> and the, the reason I ultimately went and accepted an offer to sell DeWalt was the, the interview process was so long for pharma. Like, I mean, there yeah, were it's five, a, it's long, it's long. Yeah. And so I was, you know, five interviews in, I think with Pfizer and probably three with Eli Lilly, a couple interviews with Johnson and Johnson not knowing, hey, what if I get all the way to the end and I don't get the yeah. job? Well, DeWalt was like, they, they did like power interviewing in two days and they basically said, we want to hire you when you graduate. So I thought about it for a couple of weeks and then decided, you know what, this will be fun. The idea was to send me to Denver. So we accepted, but then I said, hey, my wife's actually graduating in August, three months. I was, I was graduating in April. She was graduating in August, and in the mean, in between when I accepted and graduated, a position opened up in Salt Lake to cover. It was all the big box, like Home Depot. At the time, it was Eagle, but now it's Lowe's. Okay. I think it was Eagle Hardware or something like that. But anyway, they said, would you want to stay in Utah because your wife's still here? And I did, which yeah. was obviously awesome. So, yeah, so I, I took the job and got a sweet yellow truck. Dude, you yeah. drove the truck. I drove the truck. Dude, yes. With a truck full of tools up and down. I covered from St. George to Idaho Falls. So I covered every – so I was just traveling like crazy. But, you, you know, most of them was just overnight here and there. But it was a great gig. I worked there a couple of years and, and gained a lot of good experience. So, yeah. Loved it. So were you – like a Home Depot, obviously they're stocking those. So is it kind of like at that point you're just checking in? Yeah. Making sure they're selling. Can you do anything to help? That, that was really, it was kind of more of a glorified account manager. I mean, okay. 
I will say, like during holiday, peak holidays, of course, Father's Day. You want to get a huge end cap. Yeah. They call it end caps because Father's Day. Do you have to go set those up? Sometimes, yes. Yeah. Well, they wanted the reps to. In fact, the reps that were more willing to do that, they would typically give the better real estate because they didn't want to do it. Plus, we had from corporate kind of our ideal template of what an end cap needed to look like. So they wanted us to do it to make it fit kind of what corporate wanted. So we would, you know, the reps that were the most diligent about staying up on the accounts usually got, so I was competing with like the Milwaukee and the Bosch and Rigid had just started, which was Home Depot's line, uh, Makita. So we're all in there, you know, before these holidays jockeying for position to try to get the best end cap. So that kind of taught me like, hey, you got to get scrappy, uh, which typically wasn't like a kind of a native thing for my personality. So that taught me some good skills and I, I loved it. So we, yeah, I'd get in there and just try to, the, the good thing was if you could get an, an end cap established, then they have to order a lot of product to fill the end cap. So that's right. the whole idea. So that's where I would say, well, you need to put an $80,000 order to fill you know, these you need f- to fill these end caps. And so that's kind of where you build the relationship and hopefully get them to order more product. Yeah. But yeah. Do you own right now? What, what, hold on. What power tools do you own? What's the brand of power tools? If you have any, I'm assuming, assuming you do. Yeah. I, in your garage, I got set up pretty good. Um, you still have like same, the dude, the originals, the originals. We're talking 21 year old, uh, drill hammer drills the problem is the batteries have have yeah. changed you yeah, can still find yeah. the original 18 volt with the stem but now they've switched to the lithium ion that slide in yeah so i've upgraded a few i've got i've got a new but set you, of is your brand dewalt it is dewalt i don't have a non dewalt tool in my oh, and i have good, a lot dude, of tools loyalty dude it's loyalty it. <laughs> and it's funny even though i left since then i've bought a miter saw which i mean dewalt owns they have the best miter saws they have the best cordless uh, there's, you know, Milwaukee definitely owns the Sawzall, mm-hmm. uh, Bosch, the skill saw is kind of, so DeWalt isn't, I wouldn't say the best in every category, but overall they've, and you've seen it in the last 20 years, their marketing is incredible. And you yeah. see, anytime you watch like a home improvement store, they're working with yellow tools. My cordless is a, is a DeWalt. Yes. I pro you probably bought one from one of the end caps that I set up. Maybe. Result. 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 That's right. Result, yeah. We're just going to say that I did. Yeah, we'll say you did. I got this because Beefish set it up. (laughs) I have a rigid. Is that a trader? Am I a trader? No. Not a trader. Okay. For sure. (laughs) I like rigid. (laughs) Oh, no. Hey, that's like a Zippo brand. I couldn't tell you. They're good. I think I got mine because it probably was on an end cap. It was on sale. And I was like, I know this name. Yep. It's good. I'm going to get it. That's right. So you know what? D. Yeah. Your name starts with a D. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, you can't really go wrong. I mean, they all make good. Yeah. They all make good product. Yeah. But. Uh, what was after Dewalt? So I. Yeah, this is getting interesting though. Right, you're. You're in HR now. You were selling Dewalt. Dewalt. How, so power tools. Power tools. Up and down the Wasatch Front. In a yellow in, truck. In a yellow, in truck. yellow truck. How do you go from that to? Yeah, I, got, I, I mean, I we could be here all day. Telling you, telling you my story, but we'll make sure. I know you got to get out. We'll make sure we that's keep right. track of the time. Here. That's right. So yeah. Um, so from there, I actually had uh, one of my best friends growing up. Uh, his dad started. It was a big in real estate investor, and then in the mid '90s, maybe it was even before that, 
uh, invested into a home builder, a, a company that built homes down back in Arizona. And about that time, so back up a little bit. So after I did summer sales, I went and worked for New Skin basically for about three years to put me through school. My last year, my brother started a mortgage company. And this is back when rates were were probably about 7%, which at the time was as low as they'd been. In fact, I remember my first refinance, helping a lady refinance was, I locked her in at seven and an eighth, and she gave me a hug. <laughs> She's like, this is the best rate. Can you imagine that now? <laughs> and, and I don't want to. You would punch somebody in the face. You'd punch, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I, it was, I still remember it was in Cedar Hills, and I drove up there with a mortgage application to fill it out on her couch by hand, to just help her start the loan process. So my brother started this company and said, hey, do you wanna, like people are refinancing left and right. That This was pre, like you didn't need to have a license yet, pass the certification test. So I just literally started with no knowledge on how to do mortgage financing. And my brother said, here's a, here's a form, here's a pen, drive to Cedar Hills, not even having a clue what, he didn't even walk me through how to fill out the uniform application. So I'm sitting on her couch. <laughs> with a pen, literally just, okay, uh, what's your name, your address? So anyway, for about that last year, I, I did mortgages. So I, I, got, I learned the industry. Well, fast forward to after I'd been with DeWalt for a couple of years, my buddy uh, called me and he said, hey, my dad's company is starting to do business with a finance company and they're gonna bring financing in-house. And by doing that, I mean, the home, the home market in Arizona just started exploding. I mean, it's been Phoenix Metro or Metro Phoenix has been exploding for decades, but they were really starting to, to start into that fastest growing, you know, Metro area in the, in the country. So all these home builders were saying, Hey, if you'll use our finance company, we'll give you an incentive to help pay your closing costs or to put upgrades for your carpet or tile or whatever. And he said, they're doing, they're closing so many loans. We need somebody that can speak Spanish because the Spanish market, the Hispanic market in Phoenix was taken off too. So he said, would you be interested? And I know you did loans with your brother. And I just thought this would be a great opportunity because if you can make a few thousand dollars for every loan you're closing, which was easy money yeah. at that time. So we kind of chased that and, and, Deep down inside, I'm thinking this whole time, hey, this is my chance to get back to Arizona because I loved Arizona. So I talked to my wife and we thought, hey, this is a good opportunity. Let's do it. So you we had kids we, at that time? Uh, not, yes, actually. This was in 2001. So we did, my son was a year old. Okay. Yeah. So we said, hey, let's, why not? I mean, my parents still live there. Let's, we've got some family. Let's give it a shot. So we just kind of said, all right, filled up our U-Haul. Uh, we just bought a townhouse, so we decided to keep it up here. We'll just we'll just rent it out. We'll let's just do this. We move, we moved down there, and it was for two years. It was amazing, and I was I'd, I'd made more money than I'd ever. I mean, good money, but not like great money. But to me, to a newlywed, I was like, wow, this is a good industry. Um, did that for about two years, and then at that mark, they actually got acquired by a, an outside, a huge home builder that basically came in and just kind of said, all right, everybody out and just cleaned house. Cleaned house. Like, yeah. And, the, uh, and 
the timing <coughs> probably was good because actually not long before that, my wife's my wife's my wife's husband, my <laughs> wife's father uh, had passed away actually in our home in Arizona while visiting. So it was a rough it was a rough go. They came to visit. They wanted to see our house. He got sick. We rushed him to the hospital. It's just such a sad story. But anyway, ultimately passed away. And not long after that, this acquisition happened. And we just felt like, here's my mother-in-law now, widow. My wife was really close with her. And she said, let's, let's go back to Utah. And, and it just felt right. Yeah. So we decided to move back up here. And um, we did. And, but, you know, I loved Arizona, but it was the best decision we ever made. Yeah. Um, because that led me to the next thing that you're probably going to ask about, but we'll see. I'll, I'll leave it at that, and then you can. Well, no, well, to give it, go? yeah. Tell where'd us. you go? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we need to know, though. We, we want to, yeah, we want to cover. So, th- so this is, this at uh, this pivotal moment, pivotal moment is when the whole, like, shift to eventually where I'm at today happened. So I'm basically wrapping things up in Arizona and a longtime friend who I grew up with, love their family. Uh, his name is Scott Driggs. Do you know Scott Driggs? Driggs? Yeah. Um, I, no, I don't think so. He owns, he lives in South Jordan. He owns uh, Driggs Search International. It's a recruiting firm. Well, he had just left Utah because he got his, he kind of busted his chops here with an agency to learn how to recruit. And then after a while was like, hey, I can do this on my own and become a you know, headhunter. Well, he had a non-compete, so he couldn't compete in Utah. So he moved back to Arizona to build up his book of business there. Well, right about that time, we were, I think, at lunch or something on my way back to Utah. And he said, hey, I need I, a lot of my clients are in Utah still, but I can't work those until I have this non-compete. And I don't remember if it was two years, three years, whatever it was, but would you be interested in learning how to recruit or becoming a recruiter. And I thought, cause you know, I, I kind of left the DeWalt thing because I just didn't love sales. It was kind of back to that whole, I'm really good at relationships and I love building up the relationship, but I don't, I didn't love closing the deal. Yeah. The, the, the pressure of a quota and it just wasn't, I don't know. It gave me anxiety. Yeah. Recruiting is kind of, I mean, that's just selling, it's, selling people to, I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Same. So in my mind, I'm thinking, ah, because he, he told me basically this is a, it wouldn't be on a co- uh, salary. It's like a commission deal. You you place people, you'll make a, you know, a commission off of their placement fee, which nowadays, I mean, you use a headhunter, they're going to charge you anywhere from 15 to 30% of that person's first year salary in a fee. So the money is really good in recruiting. Yeah. But I had no experience, and so I'm. But I'm like, we didn't even really have anything. We were going to move back. I'd, I'd interviewed with the University of Phoenix. They needed to hire, like a, a manager of one of their campuses. So I had a, a couple interviews, but we were just kind of a crapshoot. We're just going to move, and this kind of fell into my lap, and I thought, maybe. So he said, why don't you come by my office in in Mesa or Tempe? I think it was in Mesa, and just see what we do, and and see if you like it. And so I did. I spent a couple days with him and a few of his staff, which were also friends of mine that I grew up with. And uh, I thought, I, I can do this. Like, I can, I can build relationships. I love people. I love to talk. And my sale is 
I'm not selling you a product, but I'm selling you an opportunity yeah. to make your life better by getting a job. And so to me, it's the ultimate sale because you're, you're building the relationship, you're selling, but there's no quota other than if you recruit for a company, which I, you know, we have now is you've got to hire enough people, but the, the stress and the pressure isn't there because you've got applicants coming in, you're sourcing, you're doing all these things that are building a pipeline. And so I, I took a chance and, and did it and came up here and started literally, this was pre link In fact, LinkedIn basically started, this is in 03. LinkedIn was just kind of starting to get going. I had no, I, I had a Rolodex of business cards from like when I was- Like your own business cards that you've kept, like just over the years. Over the years of people I'd met. And I thought, man, maybe this is, this is the only starting point I have. So I started calling phone numbers. Hey, what company are you with now? Do you guys need any positions filled? And then one day I remember he, uh, my buddy Scott came in and I, and I said, what's the best way to find? Cause I needed new business to supplement helping him out with, you know, some of his uh, placements. He picked up the phone book and put it on the desk and he's like, start calling. <laughs> and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Had I known that I, to, honestly, I probably wouldn't have done it because cold calling sucks. Yes, it, it does. Sucks. Right? It, it's just everyone, you have to do it. B- businesses have to do it. Well, back then, because there was no other way. We weren't buying leads. There was no internet, like, you know, pay-per-click. And it just wasn't a thing. And so I started calling out of the phone book. My first big client was uh, CBiz in Salt Lake. They do accounting. Yeah. And I, I landed a phone call with one of the partners, and he it was perfect timing. And he said, actually, we need to hire some junior accountants. Sure, I'll give you a shot. So I, I thought, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so I cold called, and he I went and met with him, and he said, I need three accountants. And I filled those, and then I met with some mortgage companies because I knew that industry, and they needed some processors and some underwriters. And I kind of started gaining some momentum, and I thought, hey, I like this. This is, this is good. But then the market kind of took a turn. And basically after about a year overnight, I had nothing. And at this point I'm going, this This is like what, like 2004 or five? 2004, I'm trying to remember. All I remember is there was, it was like not a a time to be a recruiter. And I went home one day and I told my wife, I was like, I don't know what we're gonna do because this is, my pipeline's drying up. We're straight commission. And I, and so as I was recruiting, I thought, I wonder if I can recruit myself into a job, um, which is what I did ultimately. So, which makes sense. That'd be easy, somewhat easy to do. I mean, you know, everybody to call and see if they got open, you know, who do you need right now? That's right. And so I, I, we started working with this, with this client, uh, they sold banking software. They were later acquired. They were called Banker Systems, eventually Walters Kluwer Financial. It's a huge global company. So they had an opportunity to open up in Salt Lake, and it covered five states, Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, Nevada, and Montana, huge states. And I'm thinking, do I want to get back into this, you know? (laughs) And I'm on the road, literally going to every teeny little town in like Cody, Wyoming, Laramie, Bozeman, Montana, Elko, Nevada, Reno. I'm driving. We bought a Maxima, so I had pretty good gas mileage. I'm driving all over five states. So I took it, and I'm, but I'm back in sales because recruiting dried up. And I'm going, 
this is not, but it was a means to an end. I'm like, I got, yeah. visit, you're visiting yeah. banks. Banks, teeny little, like if you drive through Malad, Idaho, and you see Bank of Bank of Idaho, or I don't even remember the name of it, I'm stopping at every little bank. Did you stop at Stockman Bank? Probably, what, what town <laughs> was it? I bet I did. I went to Bozeman, <laughs> M- Missoula, Billings, all those little towns. Yeah. Walking in, trying to sell them, you know, $100,000 software and everything from like the little fo- deposit slips. Like this company basically supplied banks with everything. So anyway, I did that for two more years. Jeez. Or was it three? And never hit a deer. Never hit a deer. <laughs> All driving through <laughs> Kalispell. Dude, that's like, yeah. Okay. yeah. That's, dude, you have driven. How many miles have you driven? Oh, easily over a million. That's a lot. I mean, I was, the cool thing was though, I got paid back then. It was like 35 cents a mile. My paychecks from gas, from mileage reimbursement were bigger than my, <laughs> what I was making in commissions. It was, it was tough. Like we were, we were kind of a small fish yeah. in a big pond and I'm trying to go up against the big dogs selling software and it, and this is now software. I'm like, Hey, this is kind of the launch of SAS yeah. before I even knew what SAS was. And it was brutal. So two years of driving. Driving. All over the place. And now I, by this time, now I've got kid number two, young kids. I hate it because I'm staying in these rinky-dink motels in Rawlings, Wyoming <laughs> at like 40 below going, I don't like this. And uh, anyway, after, so then I left. I was like, I don't like this. Went into another gig. And I started selling, got back into the building industry, selling windows for Milgard. I don't know Milgard. if you've ever seen yeah. Mil- Milgard windows. I know it's that a, name. It's a good window. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like. Just all sorts of plugs from B-Fish. Right. DeWalt. <laughs> yeah. Milgard windows. Milgard, but, but I knew the industry. I knew how to sell to like contractors. And I'm yeah. like, hey, I can do this. But I still, I'm like, when, when am I going to find my, get a chance? Because I don't love this. I don't love sales, but I'm okay at it. So anyway, I left the software thing, went back into sales for selling in the building industry. And I'm not going to tell you that whole story other than I was with them for about a couple years. Yeah. And I went to lunch because they were, then again, actually that was probably, was it 08 when the market crashed yeah. again? Uh-huh. So I was with them when the market crashed. So obviously no one's building homes. Yeah. And that's when I was there. And I'm thinking, what? Boy, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm a lucky guy. <laughs> just kidding. Because every time I yeah, go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Just... So I'm sitting with one of my colleagues in Cabela's at their little food court up here at the Point okay. of the Mountain yeah. in 08. And I'm telling you, things. The reason I say I'm lucky is because every time I've had a position, and this, this is going to come full circle to why I think the, the power of your network. And if, that, if, that, if there's a message today that I can tell the viewers that the power of your network is everything. Because I'm sitting, all those jobs that I just talked about, never once really did I apply for them. It was either somebody I knew yeah. or somebody, a friend of a friend. I mean, I haven't, and I don't recommend everybody do this, but I haven't like polished a resume in 20 years. So I'm sitting in this Cabela's. Yeah, you would not recommend that. I would not recommend that. (laughs) Yeah, I would not recommend that because you need to to do your due diligence. You need to build your resume. But building your network simultaneously. Right. Because opportunities come through your network. 
And I'm sitting in Cabela's eating a burger, talking to this colleague of mine, just like, what are we going to do? I mean, they were laying people off. I'd survived a couple layoffs because I'd actually closed the, the Hyatt place right up here in across the freeway by the Real Salt Lake. There's, a, there's yeah. I think it's called the Hyatt place. I sold that account and every one of those, that was during this 08 market crash. Well, they built this hotel and I landed that deal. And so they put however many hundreds of windows are in that building, which saved kind of saved my bacon for that, that year or that half a year. Cause it was a big, big contract. But I knew once that kind of dried up that I was probably next. And I'm sitting there eating my burger and in walks a friend. Do you know Nick Greer? Oh, I know Nick. In walks Nick Love Greer. Nick. And I'm sitting there eating a burger and I hadn't seen Nick. I grew up with Nick in Arizona. Okay. And he looks at me and I looked at him and we gave each other a big old hug and he basically said, what are you doing these days? And I was like, well, and he could tell we had our golf shirt, our Milgard golf shirts on. And I think he could tell, well, maybe now isn't a good opportunity to tell you to come work for me because I'm sitting with my colleague. But he threw me his business card and he said, I'd love to chat. Give me a call. When, and what, uh, what company was he? It was the marketing. One-on-one one marketing. One-on-one marketing. Yep. And probably recently after. So you, just, you went and worked for him, I'm so guessing. So I went and worked. Yeah, long story. how much after that did he sell? So, uh four years oh okay I was with so this was in 08 and one-on-one because of the crash like everyone was going back to get their degrees online well they were the largest generator of of like uh for-profit universities to get their leads so University of Phoenix and Kaplan all these online universities were buying leads through Nick's company and they I think I was employee like 25 yeah, because I remember those those years, it was interesting how many people, and this is probably true to the pattern of every recession, yeah. that people go back to school. People go back to school. That's right. And that's what was happening. And it was crazy. I mean, they went, so he hired me kind of in a hybrid role to, to build, um, to kind of sell. At that point, I'm, it, wasn't, it wasn't really even recruiting yet. But on the back, on the side, even with, though I was still working for those two companies, uh, Walters Kluwer and Milgard, I'd occasionally do a deal on the side for, to place because I, I still liked recruiting and it was some money in it. So occasionally a friend would say, "Hey, do you have any? Do you know anybody?" So I'd negotiate like a little fee or whatever. So deep down, I still really enjoyed recruiting, but in '08, that was not the time to get back into recruiting. So Nick eventually hired me. And I worked a little bit on there. He owned a couple other domains that were kind of doing some leads, uh, injury.com and one-on-one. And I was there about a, I think it was a year or so. And one day he called me into his office and he said, I have an idea. And I was like, I'm all ears. And he said, Our, we're about ready to explode and we need to grow. And I, he literally said this, I was in the shower and I had this idea, and I was thinking, that's kind of weird. <laughs> and he said, we, we need to grow fast, and I know you've done recruiting in the past. How would you feel about coming into HR? They had one HR employee, his VP of HR, and building our team. And I, I, I literally felt this, like, emotion of finally. Like, really? Yeah. I was like, just- all this time, it felt so right because I'm like, this is going to be my, this is 
this is the time. This is going to be my... Because in a time when nobody was really recruiting, we were because people were buying leads and we needed yeah, to build and a you, marketing. you're hiring when people aren't necessarily hiring. Yep. Yeah. So we were, we could like, we were, I mean, we were hiring. That's where I first learned how to f- identify good talent because we had, we had so many options to choose because people were out of jobs. So we would interview 15 candidates for one hire and we could pick the best of the best. And yeah. at one-on-one, we filled that company with such stellar talent that I still today keep in touch with many of them. I've, I've worked with multiple times. I've recruited them a couple different times since. But I worked for Nick for four years, built recruiting, started learning how to do events and kind of the culture side of it. Still had no traditional HR experience. Um, after about four years, uh, there was a particular presidential election that uh, m- modified the way that those folks acquired, like. Leads online, President Obama, um, and basically overnight their business started to really suffer because they couldn't sell the leads like they normally could once before or before. So he Nick basically came and said, "Hey, we're going to have to downsize," and that's when he started looking at. That was right after they sold. So he had yeah, sold kind of sold. at the top peak. peak. Yes. Great timing for Obama yeah. comes in. Obama comes in, changes, changes things up. Changes things up. He comes to me and says, hey, things are, you know, aren't looking great. Well, once again, uh, no joke, about a week after, uh, he basically said, we're going to have to let you go with f- half our company. Not only are we not hiring, we can't keep a recruiter around because yeah. you're – he told me later, he goes, this, that was one of the toughest decisions because we were friends. You know, He's like, i got to f- lay my friend off. Yeah. About a week later, a guy I had met – while I was recruiting in my early days with Nick, had gone to Domo. And he called me up and he said, hey, we Domo is, things had started to improve. The market was 2012, things were going crazy. Yeah. Silicon Slopes is starting to <clears throat> take, take some, get some momentum. And he said, Domo needs, like we need help. And he said, would you be interested? I forgot you were at Domo. I was at Domo. Yeah. Not very long. That's not very long. I knew the one-on-one right. one I remember marketing. that. You, I remember you wasn't, it wasn't a long stint there. I knew the marketing and Domo. I had no idea about DeWalt and Milgard. <laughs> right? Yeah. I had no yeah. idea. So well, Domo there's more. After... We, have, we have more time. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is good. I love this. I, I hope you enjoy this because this is extremely interesting to us. Well, I love talking about it. It might be boring for you no, guys no, no. but well, it's it's my life it's yeah, so yeah i have a, such a passion because i now and we'll get to the end but looking back i it all fell into place for and i mean i you know i have i'm a guy of man of faith and so i think things happen things happen to me for a reason um and i things have not been i mean i've hit had struggles along the way you know like yeah. professionally personally and i've just realized through all of this that I mean, I guess I'll use a quote from uh, my man, Tommy Monson. He says, <laughs> you know, never let, a, <laughs> never let a problem to be solved be more important than uh, a person to be loved. And I've thought all along this way, like trying to solve my own problem of being happy in my career, really came back to not worrying about what it is I do, but do what I love. And that's loving people. And I truly love building and I love, I I have a passion for people and I don't care if you're selling, if you're an HR, if you're an accountant, if you're 
doing what you love and you love the people you do it with, like life, careers become fun and it's easier. And um, anyway, so I don't know why I got off on that tangent, but I went to Domo yeah. for a year and I was, I mean, they were, they were growing so fast. I was hiring, I went as a senior recruiter basically. We were hiring myself about 20, 20-ish, 20 to five salespeople a month. Really? Just me, and then you know the other. My friend Greg was hiring for like tech positions and marketing and finance, and we're trying to grow because you know Josh James is taking money in. Domo's exploding. Spend it all. Spend it. Yeah. Gotta spend spend it. it. Take it. You gotta spend it. Yeah. I I was eating three meals a day. They had they'd stock their cabinets (laughs) with like pop tarts. And yeah, I mean they had the drink coolers, the drink food. coolers, yeah, they had monster. I, that's where I probably had my first monster. <clears throat> so I'd get to work early, and the, now I know why they paid you did three meals a day is because you, you needed to work there that many hours to get the job done. Yeah. I mean I was working until eight o'clock at night, so I'd work through lunch. They'd cater lunch every day, and they might still be doing this. And then about six o'clock, I'm going, man, I still have two hours of work. Sure enough, in comes, uh, comes Costa dinner. Vida, Cafe yeah. Rio. Here comes dinner. It wasn't great for the home life because, you know, <laughs> my awesome wife's making dinner and I'm eating it. And, and then I'm going home feeling bad. I'm like, well, I guess I should eat. You're putting on some pounds. <laughs> I'm putting on pounds because I'm eating two dinners. Yeah. <laughs> and I was there about a year. And my neighbor, who is the CEO of, of Entrada, kind of saw what was happening at Domo. And he, he I was literally... Uh, we were we were both singing in the choir for our congregation. He came up to me and he's like, "Hey, at choir practice," and I was like, "All right." And he was like, "Hey, I want to chat with you about something." And we were friends, but never talked a lot. And I said, "Okay." And he said, "Would you you want to come by my house tonight about nine o'clock?" And I thought, "Sure." I mean, I, and so I'm thinking, "What on earth does he want to talk to me about?" I had literally no clue. I knew what he. I knew his company was growing because I'd seen at the time property, property solutions, solutions. Yeah. and I'd seen their billboards. You know, the whole party in the back, business business in the front, party in the back. I was like, this company's doing amazing things, but never in a million years did I think what was about to happen was going to happen. So I showed up about nine o'clock. And he said, "Come on in." We went in his family room, sat on this big old huge like sectional couch. And literally for three hours till midnight, he was telling me, told me the story of what he was building. And at the time they were about 300 employees at property solutions. And he basically said, we are just like Nick had told me, he's like, we are going to explode. Property management is taken off and I need somebody to come head up my HR team. And inside, I'm thinking, heck yes. But also, I'm going, holy crap. I have no idea what I'm getting into. Because, I, I mean, I knew recruiting yeah, like with the best of them. And I love recruiting. It's still my passion. Of all the HR you, you know, business functions and units, I, I love recruiting. And I said, Dave, I, you know, I don't have a degree in HR. And he, and he literally looked at me and he goes, I don't care. I want you to build culture and I want you to build a team similar to what you did at one-on-one and at Domo and the rest will work out. We have great people already at Entrada that know, they, they, you know, they know the law, they know workers' compensation, they know FMLA, they know, 
you know, ADA, all of the HR things that since I've spent the last seven and a half years learning. And he basically said, what would it take? And I was just like, you know, I, I wanted to be all political. Did you say one billion dollars? <laughs> I should have. <laughs> I should have. He might have paid it. He might have. <laughs> but I was, I've always been kind of conservative and didn't, I don't think, I think I underestimated my own ability maybe. And I still do that today. I, sometimes I don't maybe feel like I deserve what I've got the last seven or eight years because I feel really blessed to have the opportunity that, that Dave actually gave to me. And that was a chance. And, and he told me, and I've actually told him this three months ago when I called him to resign. I said, you, you probably don't ever know this, and I don't think I've told you, but it took another person seeing something in me that I didn't see in myself, really. Like, that's, that's what it boils down to, because he, he saw that I had this passion for people, yeah. and that's what he wanted. And I didn't even know what he wanted. He just said, I want you to come build a recruiting team, I want you to build the HR team, and we need to hire like crazy. And so I said, let's, you know, yeah, pay me this, which in hindsight, I should have said, pay me this. Because he's uh, like, double. Du yeah, because he said, well, let's work something together. And he got back to me and, and he said, yeah, we, we can do that. And I, I thought for me at the time, that was like a stretch, which it was compared to what I'd been making. But now I was like, Dang it! I yeah, should have asked for another fifty, or oh you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I, I and I, I laugh because I they took care of me and. Who, and who was uh, who was on the team there when you went to Property Solutions? So, man, executive team or yeah, your HR team. Uh, HR team. So um, Heather Gagan, who's now my replacement at yes. Entrada, she's yeah. now the VP of HR. Uh, Bradley Career, who Bradley was, Career was kind of was he, he was kind of he was the director. Yeah, yeah, he was heading it up. He was a director. Yeah, I remember Bradley. And I, I actually stay in touch with Bradley. We he we kind Where's of where's he at now? Oh, he went to he went to the company that like uh, Pugs. They make all the yeah, yeah, sunglass yeah. stuff. Oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah. But it's then, right here down on the freeway. He went there, but he just recently went somewhere else, and I'd have to find out, but. But we stay in touch. We text. We talk about. So Heather was there. Bradley was there. Bradley, um, a girl named Jen. We had um, Jen Hall. I'm trying to think who else. Angela Cavanaugh, who's now uh, back. Back. She she left. Uh, went to Adobe, and then I think Divi, and then Homie, and, and now Homie. she's back. Yeah. Yeah. People leave and got. I mean, they're probably they're probably taking bets over there of how long it'll be before I go back. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they were there. And then over time, we just hired such a stellar team. I mean, Entrada, it's been, it was a tough decision to ultimately leave. But I, anyway, I, I went there, uh, had the most amazing seven and a half years of my career. I would not be sitting here today talking to you guys if Dave hadn't given me a chance. Because, I mean, you know, you guys know the growth that Property Solutions had. We rebranded, I think, was it 2015, moved into a new building in 2016. They're still growing like crazy. And I mm -hmm. went, we went from about, I think I was employee like 312. And when I left in August, we were just under 1,200. So we, I mean, almost quadrupled yeah. in size. Dang. And uh, yeah, so I, I. And to cap it off, you are now where? So to cap it off, uh, I'm at an amazing company. Uh, they're called Live View Technologies. Okay. And tell um, us what they do. Yeah. So you've probably seen, it's funny, I, we're, we're now going to talk about Lowe's and Home Depot and Walmart again. 
Enter, you, enter, be fish and live view. Full circle. Enter, full circle. <laughs> no joke. Enter, be fish and live view. <laughs> Put a plug in for big box stores. So you've probably <laughs> seen recently, uh, even at job sites. In fact, the the DOT, the Department of Transportation at UDOT, YDOT, CDOT, all the Intermountain Departments of Transportation, we build a mobile unit. It's basically built on a trailer that you tow behind a truck. And I'm not sure the exact dimensions. It's probably, you know, six feet by eight or 10 feet. And it's all solar powered. And in the middle of this trailer is a telescoping pole that goes up about 20 to 25 feet with cameras, live view cameras. That's why it's, it's called live view. The cool thing about live view and they're, we're exploding. And that's one reason I could, later tell you why why they hired me but um these companies we're we live in crazy times now i mean there's theft left and right there's crimes happening in parking lots and our technology is such that a a camera attached to the corner of the building just isn't going to capture what what our everything and what yeah yeah what our technology does so these, these cameras are basically, and you can set them up to where it's 180 degree, or we can add extra cameras to do a full 360. And the, the reason they're growing, and they've been around, gosh, 15 years, but three years ago, they signed Walmart. And we know, I mean, Walmart's king. Uh, they, want, they want a unit at every store. So these are just parked in the parking lot in a stall? Yep. Parked in a parking lot. And the reason it's unique is so everything, it's completely off the grid, meaning we're not connected to electrical. I say off the grid. We're not relying on power from Walmart or Lowe's or Home Depot. These units are solar powered. So uh, they're, they're kind of, when we ship them, we fold them down, but they, they kind of butterfly out. These solar panels kind of butterfly out and they tilt them south facing so the sun hits them. It generates, that sends power into these boxes that are built into the trailer that have uh, essentially like eight car batteries inside. The solar power uh, charges the batteries that then sends the charge up to our edge controller, which is the kind of the brains behind. It's more than just surveillance. Like the true benefit is the technology in the, the software uh, to be able to capture which... The, the, the inf- information, the data that we're now capturing, which is facial recognition, license plate detection. They're working on a product that will detect gunshots and be able to tell what kind of a gun it was. Um, so like license plate, let's say there was an Amber Alert out for this license plate. That would get sent to that. And if it saw that car, it would detect that and say, alert. It would alert. This car is in, our, is in my parking lot. Yep, it would alert. It's amazing. In fact... I just saw a video from one of our clients who had uh, a, a shipping or building materials business. I don't remember what state they were in. They caught a car pulling in in the middle of the night and you can set the camera up in zones. So if there's movement that breaches a, a particular zone, it will send an alert to the authorities, however they want to set it up. And it, it went through that zone and then it got right up close to the chain link fence that was protecting the building materials. And it passed through that zone. It sent another alert. And sure enough, they broke through the fence and they were stealing materials in the middle of the night. Well, what they didn't realize is that it had already notified the police. And they were able to get there and track the person down. Because it had been happening 
for a while and they, you know, they caught them. And every company now, Walmart signed, Lowe's signed, Home Depot signed. We've got companies like Kroger's, uh, grocery stores all over the country, yeah. these departments of transportation. I, and I won't say others because we haven't signed it, signed them on yet, but we're talking big companies that if I mentioned to blow your mind of that are interested in our product. And so I think I saw one of these units. You've probably, they're, they're all over. I saw, I drove by Lowe's over coming over here and I saw uh, one. Yeah. Fox hollow golf course. There's probably one at Fox hollow. I'm telling you, it was like a little trailer white with and it. And it does, does are there, can you turn on lights that blink almost yeah. like a blue and red levels? Yep. There's strobe lights, strobe LEDs. Lights. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I asked them, like, what the heck are you doing? They're like, well, we just, people come in and they steal our golf balls. So yeah. they park it right at the edge of the, of the driving range. Love it. And I'm, I'm telling I'm pretty sure that was it. I, I, thought it, I thought they rented it from the police department or something, because that's just how yeah. it kind of looked. Yeah, I'll have to check. I, I'm, they're probably one of our, I'm, it's got to be our technology. It, it, you're describing the exact same thing that I saw. Yeah. So anyway, it's amazing. So they, the executive team, they, they have assembled the most top-notch uh, so, uh, so when did the company start? 05. 05. Yeah. Uh, literally, our CEO and co-founder started in his garage. He had the vision. Uh, they started <clears> a, <throat> the first unit that they mounted to a pole, I think, up in Deer Valley on a job site. And that was kind of their original plan was to do, like, pole mounts, even for the DOT. Because you, you drive to St. George, most of the cameras you see are actually live view cameras. But then it just it kept growing just super slow growth but steady and steady and steady and then builders and contractors and uh even you know people that just that can afford it will put them up i'll see them on job sites you know a big home that's going up and they want to rent it for six months then they landed these big accounts and our projections are literally off the charts for the kind of revenue that that's going to happen in the next four years and so that's why they need to be fish, dude. Come yeah. in. I, I don't know about that. So a team. But that's what they is want. It, is this same thing, like, as in a, the one-on-one, like, hey, we need you to create a team. We need, we need people. Everything. So, yeah. Did they have anybody in HR? No. <laughs> well, they did. So they had, they've had a, a, an employee. She's amazing. Uh, she wasn't hired into HR, but a couple of years ago said, hey, we got to have someone that can process payroll and deal with HR issues because they were starting to get some momentum and grow. And so she volunteered, has been amazing. Uh, she actually, though, is transitioning back out into, into some of our client services teams. Um, but she did everything, employee complaints, uh, workers' comp claims, verifications of employment, all the payroll. She actually, I'm still in the process of hiring a payroll administrator. So once we get that wrapped up, so when I accepted, we didn't have anybody in HR. Between my acceptance and start date, they did hire uh, a friend or a cousin of one of the executives who's amazing. He's now a recruiter slash generalist who helps kind of do a little bit of everything. I've since hired another HR manager, uh, brought on another recruiter. I'm hopefully hiring a, another recruiter this weekend. And then... Um, I think with that payroll administrator, we'll be set for probably at least a year. Uh, but the real growth is happening in sales, marketing, client services, development. I've got 10, 10 new recs I just posted for Java engineers and software architects. I mean, we're, I average about eight or nine offers a week that I'm sending out since I started. Jeez. I think I was, I think I was like 
employee 150 and we're already at 200 in just two months. Wow. So it's it's exciting, Crazy man. growth. Yeah. You have on Dang. your business card the bee fish effect? <laughs> no. <laughs> like that's something on the resume. Yeah, I know you haven't polished it in 20 years. Maybe I should. It's just hey, this is just this is something I can't explain. Director, but there is something called the bee fish effect. Director of the bee fish. <laughs> I don't know. I I can I feel really fortunate to be honest. My career, I I I don't know, but I love what I do. Like I, to me, it's just, you know, we everyone growing up has a job that you just hate. You get up in the morning and you're like, oh, I got to go clock in, clock out. Or since that transition back in probably 08. I just don't know that I've like ever dreaded getting up to go to work because I love, I really love what I do and to build. And that's, I, it was, it was the hardest career decision I ever made to leave Entrada. Um, but I had to do it because of the opportunity to, to build this with, with this executive team. But I've realized that building is just what's so fun. And yeah, I can, you know, be a VP or an SVP all day long and tell people what I need, but to roll up my own sleeves and go to work is what I love to do. So I'm, I mean, right now we're negotiating uh, health insurance and business. I mean, we're, we're just building everything because that's what we got to do. Yeah. You know? yeah. Good, man. Amazing. Amazing. Are we up against time? We are. What you? We are up against time. We yeah. got we got we'll to button it up. You got a little bit. I got a few minutes. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get this, through this. Yeah. But thank you. I, mean, this, I, awesome. I literally, I mean, I, like I, I, learned, I had no yeah. idea. About I probably talked too much, but no, no, this, is, no awesome. this is it. This is exactly what we need. Okay. I mean, it's the only thing that sucks about talking too much is you have. Yeah, like, I mean, you go, you go away. Your pizza. I know, but you, you know what? You get to take this with me. Yeah. You'll take another one. But that's the whole point of the podcast. Is coming back to what Danny's vision of this was was just, hey, we we don't really want to talk about us at all. We want. You know, it, we want to just talk about you, the guests, and then anybody that listens to just learn about the person. It's like, hey, introducing Brandon Fish, and then you know, interesting history where you were, like the, you know, just the different places you yeah. were, and even if you're talking about personal stuff, like getting married while in college. I, I mean, I think those are interesting things, and people, I think people are interested in people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, they are. So and I'm in the I'm in the business of people, and I've definitely learned people. Yeah. that 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 is really no joke. It's, yeah. it's that's the truth. Awesome. Well, that's awesome. Thanks, man. This is this is a good part of the podcast, though. You'll, uh, you'll enjoy this. Yes, we're oh. gonna switch gears. Oh. <laughs> um, should my heart start a little bit pounding no. a little, a little bit? bit? Well, has there ever been a time where maybe you should have got arrested, but you didn't? <sighs> no way. No. Maybe. <laughs> I hate to admit this. Are you asking like for an example or just yes or no? Did you almost get arrested? Well, I just I didn't get almost get arrested, but I probably should have. You should have got arrested. <laughs> but I but I was in high school and I had no clue that what had happened would have got me in trouble. Literally. I think I was innocent enough to to know like, "Whoa, dude." And the reason I found that out is cuz my dad was an FBI agent and he looked at me and said, "If you ever do anything to embarrass me or the bureau, or if I have to come bail you out, you're going to sit there for a while. <laughs> but I didn't realize that what I'd done may have potentially got me okay, in trouble. There's a, little, there's a little color in the past there. That's yeah, good. yeah, it may have involved yeah. some dry ice and some stuff, but that's all I'll that's say. Good for you. Yeah. Like a bomb. We, we'll, leave it, we'll leave it there. Two liter we bottle. We all know what dry ice leads to when you're a teenager. Yeah. So that, that's it. I mean, it was... <laughs> 
It was, okay. yeah. That's good. Okay. I, I, you probably didn't want me to go that far, but you asked. We'll and if it, you yeah. blew up a, a mailbox, that, that's yeah. a federal offense. There may have been somebody else that I asked, and they said. Dry up. Same thing. No, they said, ask him if there's a, a time in his life when he should have been arrested, but he wasn't. Wow, maybe the, maybe it's that. some, and it wouldn't have been someone with the dry eyes. Is there <laughs> yeah. there might, maybe there's, there's something Johnny. else? Johnny knows. Is there the something else? I don't know. That wasn't that wasn't the dry. What would he have talked? <laughs> Johnny, we got to have a talk. Maybe he's just throwing that out there, like. <laughs> I love it, dude. Yeah. Little gems from Johnny. Maybe something to do with the double decker bus, but maybe we drove. I mean, we drove that double decker bus across the country going. 35 miles an hour, but that would, that would have just got me a ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not arrested. So okay. yeah, I don't know. All right. I got three songs. I'm just going to give you the lyrics. You got to tell me who the artist and the song is. Oh man. I am not going to be good. I love music, but I am not going to be good oh, at this. I got some nineties hip hop. Okay. Let's see. Hey. All right. They listen to this in Arizona and Utah. Yeah. And Provo. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. You drew a picture of my morning, but you couldn't make my day. I'm rocking in your yawning, but you never look my way. I'm looking down your dar- you darling in every single way. Your funny flow is foreign, and a green card's on the way. I ain't got shit to do with shampoo, but watch your head and shoulder. Brother older, bold enough to fold you. Yeah, yo, I told you. Arrayed afraid, I made and played, plus a funky fit. So save your flips and tricks for that music and that monkey bit. Triggers from the Grill Town, Ill Town. Dude, no clue. Dude. Um, see, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I enjoy a good hip-hop song. <laughs> hip-hop hooray? Oh, hip-hop hooray. Oh, oh man. Yeah, that's, uh, who, who, who was that? I was going to say LL Cool J. But Not, it, Naughty by Nature. Naughty, Naughty by, by nature. nature. Not that I hate you. Yeah, and see, I'm not a big... I enjoy a good hip hop song, but if it was if it was country or grunge or like U two or Coldplay, or, well, that's not '90s. I'd probably have a better shot at it. But I we'll could have got you with some Nirvana. You maybe. probably would. You, you, you could have got me with some Nirvana. Well, they got big kind of after my mission. I didn't really okay. listen to them before, but all right, this one I had to take out the first two lines, <laughs> not because of language, but because if I said you would know exactly. Oh okay. shoot! Okay. <laughs> okay. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up, because you know. Cause you know about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like, bust a, like bubble. a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together. Kids now you, you know you in trouble. trouble. Ain't nothing but a G, G thing, thing, baby. baby. Ain't nothing. Okay. I know the song, but I don't even remember who's death who. Is the level that, that pays, man. All right. Do you know who it is? I can't. Snoop. No, Dr. Dre. Featuring. 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 Snoop. Yes. See, you guys are good. This is not my genre. Because the first, the first line was one, two. Three, Three into, into the, the four, fold. Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Would have given it away. Yeah, yeah. All right, so this song. Yeah, sorry. If I, gave you, if I gave you the, um, oh my gosh, the chorus, you would get it. But are you even sure? Because I've, I've <laughs> I think totally would. failed on the first no, two. No, no, I think you would get this one. And this is hip-hop still. Yeah, this is, Rap. Yeah. Okay. This is, uh, and I thought this was the coolest song, man. I had this one. You love this one. Memorized, song. yeah. Okay. Okay. Have you ever met a girl that you tried to date, but a year to make love, she wanted you to wait? Oh. Let me tell you, tell me tell you a story of my situation. I was talking to this girl from the U.S. nation. The oh. way that I met her was on tour of the concert. She had long hair and a short mini skirt. Yes. I just got on stage, dripping, pouring with sweat. I was walking through the crowd, and guess what I met? I whispered in her ear, come to the pitch of booze so I can ask you a question <laughs> see if you're unapproved. I asked her name. She said, blah, blah, blah. She had nine, ten pants and a very big bra. 
Oh, I, a couple I know flicks the song. She was I know enthused. the song, but I can't think of I can't think of the artist. I said, "How'd you like the show?" She said, "I was very amused." So was that? Was I your, started throwing. Is your bass. background all hip hop? <laughs> no, it was just. I, I know the I know the song. I totally know <laughs> okay, the song. I just thought it'd be good. I thought you were going to pull out my phone. When I sprung the question, she acted kind of strange. Then when I asked, do you have a match, she tried to pretend. She said, no, I don't. I only this have a friend. This is impressive, Danny. You're, Come this on. is a side of you I did not know. I mean, I thought you were going to ask me like a Garth this Brooks is, uh, song or I'm something. not even going for this. Well, I'm going to, you, what? you got what, what I, I need. need. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. Just say we just yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You went a little too fast. If you would have slowed down the lyrics, I think I would have got through it because that's a slower song. Yeah. When I know the song, that's I just. Well, that's exactly like, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I took Bob Blah's word for it at this time. I thought just having a friend couldn't be no crime. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like I want to get up and <laughs> do some moves. What's man. the name of the guy again? That is the Bismarcky, the diabolical Bismarcky. Wow. Just a friend. Yeah. One hit wonder. Was he, was he a was little. Um, was He's he like a, a beatboxer. Was, was he on the spectrum? <laughs> no, I'm being Maybe. serious. I know. I I'm mean, not even joking about that. Because I always remember spectrum. there was like a video of that song, and I remember thinking like, I think he might be a little. Yes, I don't know. He's like, like a big time. Just like, a, like a learning disability or some type of speech impediment, then he just made it as a rapper, or maybe that was a different rapper. I don't know. I mean, he. Yeah. Well, I mean, a little bit of a speech, yeah. But he's, I don't know. But he could impressive. He's a, he's a beatbox guy. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah. Right. yeah, that was a that was an F for me because I'm. <laughs> Over three. Well, I think, oh, I mean, you knew. Like, I knew. Once you heard it, you're like, okay, I, got I knew it. that one. But again, I didn't know the artist. I, like I said, back then, I was, I'm a huge, I love the 80s music, early 90s. And I love country. I mean, I love cranking Taylor Swift with the windows down with my daughter. <laughs> I'll, I, I literally like kind of every genre. But that, well, I was I, like, okay, tough. maybe you told me about like your, your road trip with Hannah. Yeah. Like a bunch of hip, like I was like, maybe. Maybe he's got a hip hop bone in him. We know? did, so but we'll go was, some '90s. Yeah, it was new. It was like more the newer stuff. Okay. I mean, we had the you know, make it rain, yeah. some of that stuff. Of course, it was all edited, but yeah, you can't drive to Rexburg, Idaho, no. without edited music. No. So, uh, yeah, City those were good ordinance. times. All right, we got. Would you rather questions? The all only right, rule is you have to answer. You got to pick one. So one I can't say. You can't, can't say. Nah, I don't want to do that. Okay. You have you just to pick, pick one. one. Are they embarrassing? Or? Some of them, yeah, are going to be a little like, uh, they oh. both suck, but you got to pick the <laughs> okay, lesser so there's, of two evils. There's really not, okay, so one of them is not like, of course I'd rather do this. It's uh, maybe. maybe. There might maybe. be. Maybe, all right. Yeah. That was a simultaneous maybe, so. Well, well we've done, this is this is a long-standing little funny thing that we, Danny and I have done for years. Okay. Would you rather? So yeah. Okay. So we'll we have on. one that we always ask. Which is, uh, would you rather have Barry Bonds take his bat and do a home run swing right to the middle of your back. Oh. Or but you've had Tiger Woods takes his driver right to your shin, swinging, tees, oh. tees, basically like he's teeing it up and you're just looking at him and he's just swinging. And you're it, just right, right after the, the ball. Right on the tip of your shin, the, the driver. So Barry Bonds to the back. Oh, dude. Or Tiger Woods to the shin. So... And I know, I know you've had back problems. I've had back problems, and so you probably know my answer. I think initially the shin thing would probably hurt worse, but because of my back problems and knowing how painful that is. And assuming like you have no back problems oh, okay. at the time. At the time. But thinking you'd certainly what have them could after. happen. You'd probably have them after. Yeah. I think yeah. I'd go with the shin, the, the driver to the shin, because it, it would clearly – shatter your tibia tibia 
but I think you could get surgery and get that fixed. If he breaks your back, you may be looking at paralyzed yeah. paralyzation. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I go with the Tiger Woods. Yeah, most Plus, of, most of people do the Tiger Woods. When and I the, checked, he was three under today. Yeah. So yeah. with the Masters, yeah, the Masters so. is going on right now. That's for right. Sure. Yep. That's right. All right. So that's I took. Good. That's most of, most of people do. Yeah. Like do they? The okay. Woods, yeah. yeah, Barry. Man, Barry could swing. Because they're just that. afraid. Of, they're afraid of being paralyzed. Yeah. Which you should be. You should be. Um, yeah. I went back and I just pulled a bunch. So these are all we've all we've used all these, but I went back and got some of the ones that good. I liked. So. Yeah. Uh, would you rather be constantly itchy or constantly sticky? <laughs> oh. Okay, so I hate I hate being sticky, man. <laughs> if I get like a, a candy and I pull like a, a taffy or a Jolly Rancher and I get some sticky on my finger, I just I can't stand I that. Like so, but, I, but I also hate itching because if you've ever had a bad sunburn. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. But I think I could deal with the itch more than the sticky. Okay. And is it constant? Like you yeah. can't get rid of the sticky? No, no it's, it's just there. It's forever. Okay. Oh, dude, that's a tough <laughs> one. Because the sticky, you could maybe deal with. I, I think I got to go with the itch. Itch. I think it's I'd rather. Once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Because the that, sticky, you just itch. can't. Yeah. I'm kind of a clean <laughs> freak. So I, that would drive me nuts. Uh, would you rather be turned on every time, every single time you see someone wearing a fedora? Or every single time you see someone wearing Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome because <laughs> I, I exercise up Provo Canyon Parkway because I live at the mouth of Provo Canyon. And there's a guy that runs in his Crocs that I see almost every time. So every morning you'd just be like, oh, I'm turned on. <laughs> so I, I think I got to go with the Crocs. <laughs> yeah. Crocs. Even though, yeah. I, let's go with that one. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But he uh, runs in him. I think it's the whole zero drop mentality. Yeah. His foot's like the nat, the born to run. If you've ever read that book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great book. So I get it. Why Tata Umata. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Um, would you rather be alone for the rest of your life or always be surrounded by the most annoying people? Oh. And here we just got done talking about people for yes, and you, an hour and a half. You love people. <laughs> and I love people. But, but you love yourself. I don't know if I love myself. But I can deal with myself. <laughs> but I hate being alone, too, because I love my, you know. Think I, of the most annoying person that you know. <clears throat> as much as you may love them and they're good people, they are as annoying as hell. I think I want to be alone. Yeah. Going alone, okay. Dude, I. That's kind of how you have to imagine that one. Yeah. It's not just, hey, you're kind of annoying. No, you are the most annoying. Like you just want to either punch them or yeah. run. Yeah. Than yeah. being alone, which <clears throat> seems like seems horrible, but. Yeah. Okay. Where where'd you guys come up with these? Uh, I mean, we. It's in your brain. Okay. We, we I search for some. We make some of them up. Get ideas. All right. Uh, we do. Good. We actually do a lot of them, but they're a lot worse. Like, like too hot for TV type. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. They're just they're Pro- probably not my jam. <laughs> <laughs> off off uh, off mic. You probably they're feeling. Yeah. Uh, would you rather your fingers become as long as your legs, or your legs become as long as your fingers? <laughs> oh gosh. Hold on, say that again. Man. I know you've done this one before. Yeah. So you're so saying you my your fingers, fingers are as long as my legs. So like, legs. and I've got like a 35-inch inseam. Right, so I can just like, I can get you right here, right? Or your, your legs, your legs so as long your as your Your legs are this long. But still functional, so you can still so walk, can walk on it, like but you just got your legs, right? Or you're just... Right yeah, here. so you can still, like, you can still do... I, I don't think you could do much with 35-inch fingers. So. And, and you're talking all 10. Yeah. Your legs are this long, dude. 
your feet are right. I mean, this is, do you have a knee? There's no knee. Is it just, well, yeah, it's like, yeah, it just right pivots like, like right the hip? Oh my gosh. Oh, so you still have a, a knee joint. Yeah, they still, they still function. <laughs> wow. But they're can just you, really can short. Can you add stilts? I could add stilts. <laughs> I, can, I can try to make it work. You know what? You I can try to make here, it work. Here's my, I think because so much of what I do is with my upper body and my hands now, you I'd probably the rather legs. the short legs. Yeah, so you'd just be typing up here. <laughs> or I could you modify the desk and the yeah, monitor. Yeah, and the, can you imagine? You'd be so, it'd be an alien because you only yeah. have like the same number of joints. It would take you forever to like you just your finger. Yeah. Imagine 35 inch finger. There's just no, you couldn't do anything. I mean, we've been golfing. I, well, There's you no can't, you couldn't you golf. Well, you could at least still. No way. <laughs> Your fingers would wrap around the golf club like five times. Yeah, be definitely the shorter legs. They have the thick. The th you just have to get really thick. Your golf clubs are <laughs> thick lines. <laughs> like thick grip. Yeah. Oh, man. Right. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> That's would good. you rather have chapped lips that never heal, heal or terrible dandruff that can't be treated? Oh, man. I think I'd go with the chapped lips. Oh, I hate chapped lips. I do too, but I always have uh, chapstick in my pocket, and I can't stand. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But it never heals, though. It's just like it's just. But always, at least you can put chapstick on. You can put chap. Yeah. It just will never, it's never, never going to get up. better. I guess if they're like cracked and bleeding, that's different. But if they're just always dry and chapped, I'd take that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather be the greatest player on a crappy team, right? Be like a LeBron James, or the worst <laughs> player on the best team? Now I've been both. <laughs> <laughs> um, pro that just goes to show you that when I was the best player, the team really was bad. If if, if I'm the best player, um, you know I love being surrounded by really talented, good people. So good I folks. think I'd rather be the, the worst, worst player on, the on a good on Could the you best think team. About it, if the best team, if you're the worst player on the best team, you're probably still one of the best players in the league. Yeah. Yeah, so and you're, you're winning. Just, you're just, just not never, playing much. You're never going to get the ring. No. You're going to be the best, but your team is so crappy. You're never going to get the you're ring. Never, but you're going to get rings being... You might be an MVP. You're going to come off the bench once or twice or, a season yeah. with LeBron James. You're, right. you know, you're up you're by 30. You're going to get some... You're, you're still making money. Yeah. Matthew Dellavedova at You still got the Cleveland. ring. And you would you know? start on most any other teams. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I love talent so i'd love to be surrounded by amazing athletes and just learn learn from them there we go look at this guy what a positive <laughs> i don't know this guy glass <laughs> glass half full right here uh would you rather have to talk like yoda or breathe like darth vader ah see you can hold your breath when you're talking and still sound somewhat good but talking like yoda to me i so much of what i do involves communicating <laughs> as a people person <laughs> <laughs> no. Let me I, see your resume. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Okay. Yeah. Uh, would you rather be hunted by Jason Bourne or Jack Bauer? Oh man, I love Jason Bourne movies. I think Hunted by Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne. Yeah. Just because. Okay. No, is the goal to like live, or it's just more like? Well, it depends on what you would either, enjoy most. Yeah, well, who would I, I love Jason most? Bourne more, so I want to be hunted by him, or, or who, who, who yeah, would enjoy or me I as think, fast? It's a good clarification. Yeah, or it's however you. I mean, there's no clarification. However you want to look at it, like yeah. I love Jason Bourne, I'd rather be hunted by him. I don't know. Yeah, I you think, know that I think that there is more of an evil side to Jack Bauer than Jason Bourne. Probably, 
I yeah. think he, he might he might have a more interesting way to kill you. Jason Warren would just shoot you. Yeah, he I was think just Jack trained. Bauer to. Might, might do. <laughs> That's if true. If he had to get information out of you because you're involved in some terrorist plot, Jack Bauer would do some. He, he'd yeah. go to town. Get you. Yeah, he would. Okay. Yeah, he would. Uh, would you rather have your spouse's haircut or your spouse have your haircut? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think her haircut, because I could throw it back in a you know, ponytail or something. It's the man bun. You wouldn't Just want her with short hair. I love long hair. She knows that. <laughs> uh, I think I'd rather... You both wearing ponies. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of flip that yeah, thing, the, you know? There's the fishes. And I'm, well, you can tell. I, I, this is actually probably long for me right now. So I, I, think I'd, I think I'd rather have hers. Even though I hate that in-between stage. I've, you know, I've tried to grow the beard out. It's like all the... In, and I know I'd hate my hair in between, but I got some curls. I think, I, I think the long hair might, might yeah. actually look good. You might rock it. Okay. <laughs> uh, would you rather have only one eyebrow... So not like a unibrow, just one eyebrow on one side or no eyelashes. Oh, man. For looks. Because that's a big deal. Yeah, I got to meet with people trying to get them to convince them to come work for this company. What would they notice more? No eyelashes or just they would notice one eyebrow? I think they would notice one eyebrow. I think I'd rather not have the eyelashes because, you know, the eyebrow is just like, I don't feel like I could ever get their attention. They'd just be staring at that. Not even unibrow, just brow. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think I'd go with the no, no, eyelashes. no eyelashes. Okay. Do you ever drink uh, LaCroix? LaCroix, whatever it is. Do you like that? I think it's disgusting. Okay, good. So, I've had, I've had, I had one, a friend of mine in the neighbor, we had a, a, an activity with a bunch of youth, and he brought those, and they love, he loves them. And <laughs> I took a sip and about gagged. So, I okay. was like, oh. Okay, well, good. Yeah, no, I do not this'll, like This will work then. Okay. Uh, would you rather have to drink LaCroix for the rest? Is that how you say it? I think it's LaCroix. LaCroix. LaCroix for the rest of your life, or every time you meet someone new, you have to smell their crotch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It's like, we know each other. You wouldn't have to do anything here, but it was like, hey, this is my friend Dave. You so, shake Dave's hand. But what like, if you, so then you so have do to I have, So what's like the proximity dog? of the smelling thing? Oh, so I got to like get down. You're just getting, yeah, you just, it's, you shake his hand. You just got to give him a sniff. They, just give him a sniff. That's disgusting. And they have no idea you're going to do that. No. Nope, oh, so every it's time like, new. boom, so it's then you have, you, you you're just, have yeah. to. Or you're drinking oh, that would be, LaCroix for the rest LaCroix, of your life. You couldn't go the rest of your life not meeting new people. No. You would, you, would, you would avoid meeting new people. I would avoid it, and I can't. But so, LaCroix that, is so bad. But, but I, <laughs> <laughs> that's the greatest. You're contemplating either LaCroix or sniffing crotches. Or sniffing crotches. Here's the thing. And I, I'm a, the reason I've never went to, gone to Diet Coke is because I can't. I, it tastes like cough syrup, kind of like LaCroix. But from what I understand is if you stick with it long enough, eventually tastes can be acquired. I think I'd, I just can't go for the crotch <laughs> sniff. <laughs> I, I, yeah. That's probably a good choice. I'd get, I'd get a knee okay. to the face. You, you or would a, get beat up. Yeah, and, and I've got to, you know. You'd get arrested a lot. I'd get arrested, which I don't <laughs> want to do that. So, yeah, I mean, LaCroix. You've already almost been arrested a couple times. So, <laughs> Okay, last one. All right. Got to think about this one, okay? Would you rather still be breastfeeding? Okay. So I'm the you're, breastfeeding. You're to your mom. Oh, you're, wow. You're getting breastfed once a day, okay? Oh, or wow. your nice. wife has to breastfeed your kids once a day for the rest of their lives. 
this is a this is a lose lose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's because my mom and my wife both might end up watching this. So what? Uh, Dude, I can't do that to my kids. It's just like hey, they're in college. It's like, hey, I'm home for lunch. But and yeah. then they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> or but it's be fish going over like, hey, okay, mom, I'm here. Hey, mom, that, I'm it's thirsty. It's not that you, it's not that you, every meal's breast. No, it's just one. Breastfed. It's one just, a day. Just one time a day. One time a day. And, and can it be like a real quick, or is this like you got to get your whole meal? I mean, I don't. I haven't clarified that. I, I, let's say, let's I don't say know if I can answer it's, this it's one. It's 30 seconds to a minute minimum of a feeding. <laughs> Dude, this is the I'm honest, thinking for myself. I don't even know how you can answer this. You can't answer this. You can't do, Danny. You can't say the rest of their lives. I did. That's oh the would gosh. you rather. For the rest of their lives. Well, dude, and then it's like, oh, I, dude, what if your mom lives to be 90 and you're 70? <laughs> so be it. Then you got to live in the same house or at least in the same city. Yeah, and dude. That might be the worst part, like coordinating where you live. I could sit here and think about this for probably the rest of the day, and it, I'm, I'm never going to. You know it, what I'm doing is I'm throwing it on my kids. That's on so, you. I don't have to be around for yeah. it. So, because I'm gonna hate you a bit, they're gonna realize. Oh yeah, this was dad's choice. It was his choice, and that's. I'm being selfish, so I, you know. That's the thing. I'm being selfish. I got it. I got it. What if? What if you realize? Okay, I'm 40 or whatever ages we are. You know, we you might only have another 30 years of it, and you're saving your kids, maybe 50, 70 years of it. Maybe Maybe you look at it that way, and you're and you're taking one for the team. Yeah. So yeah. So can I ask one question? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, because I like to, I, I wouldn't consider myself super analytical, but when it comes to this kind of stuff, you better ask the question. Yeah. Is this picking up from when you asked the question, or w- would my kids have been breastfeeding up to this point? No, right now. So they have to go back. No, no, no. It should be like boom. You got to make the decision today. No, but I'm saying my kids are all. I mean, I got to son coming off a mission in yo, four he would weeks. Have to, yo, he yeah, would he's have to coming start. home. So, but he hasn't been breastfeeding up to this point. He's got to go back and start. Yeah. He's like one meal a day starting <laughs> when you're 21. <laughs> <laughs> one meal a day start. You know, I would say I'll take one for the team, but I'm not. I'm making my yes. kids. It's, yeah. My, my kids are going to breastfeed. That's yeah. one of the, that, the rest Danny, of the, that is, uh, that's, that's one of disgusting. the best, worst no, yeah, that terrible. is interesting ones that we've heard. There's, it's yeah, that might that I might it's, give it's, you a fist bump for the creativity <laughs> on that after <laughs> after the the podcast uh, shuts down. It's actually, yeah, that's that's tough. That's a bad <laughs> one. Okay, clever though. Well done. Right. That was the last one, man. Hey, thanks. thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad we can make this happen. Thanks. Thanks for. Sorry, awesome. this I kept. Gosh, man. No, it's Build, you were busy. Building at a new company is yeah. this yeah. last. We're we're thankful that you get away for a little bit. Yeah. We, well, we, we know how busy you are with kids and work and. Yeah, you life bet. and neighborhood and all your friends and everything. So yeah, it's crazy. But you guys are you guys are my friends. So anytime I can break away, I love hanging out with you guys. So it's awesome. We yeah. got to get back. I'm bummed the snow's falling. We didn't we really got... talk about what you like to do and you, oh, we golf. know you golf, mountain, mountain bike. biking. Maybe we do round two next year. Yeah, yeah. I'd be happy yeah. to come back. See how things are going at the new company. That'd be cool. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's going to be a different landscape in a year from now yeah. for yeah. sure. Awesome. And I, I'm pretty optimistic that looking ahead, it's going to be a a good one. So good. good. Yeah. All right, awesome. man. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Yeah, you bet. And cut. <laughs>